Good evening to you. It is uh, Saturday, November 12th at 9.52 p.m. Your Purdue Boilermakers have, uh, earlier in the day, it's been a while, sorry for the late uh, wrap-up, uh, but Purdue was able to beat Illinois in Champaign this afternoon and stay alive in the race for the Big Ten West uh, somehow they are still scratching and clawing. A couple things have to happen that are out of their control, but they did a big thing today in beating Illinois, who was atop the division all by themselves as they came into their senior day, 7-2, and two, ranked 21st, and Illinois fans did not show up in force at all. Uh, pretty bad effort by them. I'm going to nitpick. I, I tweeted about that, but I thought that was a little shocking. I'll talk about it a little bit more here, but before I do it, let me thank uh, Martin Vintage. Head over to martinvintage.com. Martin Vintage has been with us for a while. If you want a Purdue t-shirt, classic looks, classic graphics, really nice feel, uh, soft t-shirt, a sweatshirt. Put something in your virtual cart, enter Boiled at checkout, get 15% off. And when you're heading back to campus next week when Purdue plays Northwestern, don't forget about our, our pals at AJ's. And when before you go over there, you can, you can order ahead if you don't want to wait in the line, eataj's.com. And uh, you can get something delicious. You're going to get a, grab a pint, grab some beef, grab a burger, uh, watch a game. Doesn't get much better than that right there. EatAJs.com. AJ's on Vine. Um, so let me look at the, the – I, I really don't need to look at the stats a whole bunch, but here's what I can say. There were some heroics today that kept Purdue alive, and that was a, that was a big deal. Um, Jeff Brom made a huge play call late in the game that – sealed the game it was uh purdue could have tried to go for the field goal they could have um it seemed like going the field for the to the field for the field goal was a was the wise wisest choice uh but instead uh he called a he called a pass underneath uh in kind of the soft spot of the zone it looks like looked to me like illinois was not playing man-to-man which is a rare exception they played a lot of man today versus purdue and uh, T.J. Sheffield, Aiden O'Connell made a great pass. T.J. Sheffield made the catch. And that was pretty much the, the thing that decided the game. That was the biggest play, my most memorable play. But along the way, you had a lot of things happen that were really, really good. One of the biggest things that happened was Payne Durham played huge. I'll look at his stats here in a second. But before I dig into the stats, I just want to – he just played – when Purdue needed a big play, it was Payne Durham there. It was him or Devin Mockaby, a theme that we've heard a lot with Mockaby specifically – Durham, though, has had disappearing games. He had games where he's been taken away completely from Purdue's offense, and today was not one of those. And I think part of that came down to Illinois, again, trying to play man on him. A lot of times they had guys on him. They were draped all over him, and he still was able to make the catch. I think the, the thing that O'Connell looks like he struggles mightily is when, is when uh, Payne is trying to find the soft spot in the zone. And he looks like he's covered up by a linebacker or bracketed on front side and backside. Um, he seems to miss that linebacker a lot of the time. But yeah, Payne, Payne Durham played huge, made a bunch of catches, had two touchdowns, a lot of catches in traffic, had one of the most noteworthy catches of the day. His two touchdowns were pretty burly. One was uh, in the corner of the end zone. He kind of pointed up. Aiden O'Connell threw it up in heavy, heavy traffic. Durham went up and got it, got his foot down, and um, right after, Sheffield got a stupid flag. I went back, I just watched the video of it, um, and I was trying to figure out why did Sheffield get the flag. I didn't know what he had done. There was jawing all day. If you didn't watch the game, you might want to go back and see it. It was a hotly 
contested game from both teams. They were after each other uh, verbally. There was a little bit of pushing and shoving at halftime. Uh, a fight nearly broke out, which is a ton of fun. Um, and I'm serious about that. I, uh, football and rivalries should burn a little bit hotter. I don't think of Illinois as a huge rivalry, although it's a trophy game. Purdue came home with a, a tiny little cannon as their reward. Um, but I love seeing games where there's emotion. The hard thing that this Purdue team, and Jeff Brom specifically, has had is tiptoeing that that line between emotion and control, and Purdue tends to flow over and out of control really, really quickly. Um, it killed them at Syracuse. I mean, that was abysmal, right? Uh, you, had, you had tons of problems. You had seniors doing it. Today... Um, I mean, T.J. Sheffield, he's a veteran. He's been around a lot. And he goes up to the guy. <laughs> he wasn't even involved in the play, and he kind of made this motion on top of his head. I don't know exactly what he said to the guy. It was enough that the ref thought it was noteworthy because Sheffield kind of got in the guy's face, and he got back in Sheffield's face. And um, But Sheffield's a veteran. He did it. Another big play, uh, Graham had, had I think, two, two unsportsmanlike penalties on the same point after touchdown, I think he kind of got sick of somebody on the field not getting called for something. And so he went over and I think he took umbrage directly with the official. And that's why he got the two um, flags. I'm not sure. Maybe some one of you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but the, the whole point about that, remember in Syracuse, it was Payne Durham who got the costly flag today. You had both Graham and Sheffield, two veterans get flags and that, that stuff matters. Um, uh, there was another, another, uh, we're going to go, I can go through player by player before I hit the stats. But, but of course, um, Charlie Jones had a great catch for a touchdown. It was a dangerous looking pass when it went out of Aiden O'Connell's hands down the, the right sideline. Uh, it was, a, it was a, a skinny cross route on the right side. And um, Aiden O'Connell put just out of reach of the Illinois defensive backs. Uh, hands went right, right between his fingers, it looked like. But uh, Jones makes the catch. Purdue gets the touchdown, all's fine. But it would look dangerous when it happened. I think O'Connell had um, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, again, this the interception was early. Um, let me double check it. Three three touchdowns, interception. Uh, he finished with two, just 237 yards. I think he completed about 62, 63% of his passes. Um, and uh, made some... <clears throat> Made some poor reads. I think he would admit that. But really, the good thing is it kind of got out of his system early. And then Purdue just was able to methodically play the game they wanted to versus Illinois at times in the second half. They really did a good job at at marching down the field, putting together good drives. One of the best drives uh, has to, I mean, you got to get the, have put some attention on Devin Mockaby again. He finished with 28 carries, 106 yards, and a touchdown. But on one drive, he had 46 yards rushing and a touchdown on just one. Um, that's noteworthy. That's a big deal. Also noteworthy is Purdue was doing a uh, kind of an interesting, uh, it looked like an um, uh, option read at times to try to create space, create a uh, running game. And most of the time it was getting pitched out to Maccabi. But one of those times O'Connell uh, kind of rolls right, the defense completely takes away Maccabi. I think two def- an end and a linebacker went with Maccabi. And O'Connell looks out there, and he looks up the field. There's nothing there. He just decides to keep it. I think he had a 33-yard run on that scamper, if you want to call it a scamper, if you're if you're going to be that liberal with your wording. But he gets up the field, and he looks around. You can tell after it breaks out about seven, eight yards, 
He looks around. There's nobody near him. He's like, okay. So he just keeps going. And then he has the most awkward, horrible sit-down slide to end the, to end the run. But it was funny. Um, pretty, pretty great play. Um, and it was, a, it was an important one. It seems like Purdue, when they needed to make a play offensively, they did today. That's pretty refreshing because they haven't done that for the last two weeks. And we got to see a little bit of a microcosm of what Jeff, Jeff Brom teams do every year, right? Every stinking year, it feels like there's a losing streak at some point. I don't, I don't know if last year felt like this, but a typical Jeff Brom team, Brom team is more like this, where you have a streak at some point where there are multiple losses in a row, and it feels like there's no way they can get out of this death spin, right? And then they find a way to do it. Today, they find a way to do it versus Illinois, one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Sure, Illinois' stats as a defensive team were a bit inflated because early in the season, they played poor competition, and some of their specifically their passing defense look better, but they take a lot of risks. And uh, I can't remember the guy, Witherspoon, the guy made me nuts watching him today as he he flexed on Purdue players every, all day long. Sure, they didn't flag him for flexing towards the Purdue receivers over and over again, but they made some of these, the Big Ten officiating, the, the lack of consistency has always made me nuts, but, but with Weather, Witherspoon specifically, Witherspoon, it was pretty annoying to watch this guy uh, work. He, he thinks he's the second coming to Deion Sanders, clearly. I mean, back in his prime, prime, prime. And um, he's not. Uh, I can tell you he's not because he got beaten a couple times that Sanders wouldn't have got beaten. And, and if he were the best corner in the league, I think we know the best corner in the league plays for Penn State, in my opinion. But um, anyway, uh, Illinois had a couple guys that were jawing all day. There was another specific play, and this game was hot. There were guys getting after each other. Maccabee had a run, and he was gang-tackled, pushed out of bounds, got past the width of the of the out-of-bounds, which is, I think, one yard, so it's three feet. And he got slung backwards. The ref jump, comes in, and it looks like he's trying to stop it from getting bad because he was slung towards the Purdue bench, and Illinois players were there. Instead of flagging Purdue, he just comes in and kind of warns, and it felt like this powder keg was being created. And sure enough, it kind of rolled over, and there was conflict for much of the game. And the Big Ten refs got to get their heads out of their asses and call the game when it happens. That was a play specifically that they set a precedent that they were going to call something on Illinois. I don't know why they would call it the other way on Purdue if they jawed, but they weren't going to call it on Illinois. And that created a lot of problems. And this happens all the time, basketball and football. If the refs don't put their damn foot down, stuff like this happens. So it was a contentious game. Um, uh, the officials, if you go on Twitter, I always think it's funny. Both teams are angry at the officials at the end of the game. I guess they did their job if both teams are angry, but they sure as heck didn't call a good game because they missed a, a lot. Sanusi King led, led uh, everybody in tackles. Um, OC Brothers had, uh, let's see, he had four tackles. Kane had eight. Jalen Graham had six. He's back to his high production, which is great. Lawrence Johnson had a key pressure at the end of the game um, and uh, that kind of sealed the game. There were a couple injuries. It looks like some guys may be injured so badly they're not coming back. But interestingly enough, at one point, it looked like um, – sorry, I'm trying to find him. It looked like Branson Dean was hurt badly and he wouldn't come back. He got taken off the field with, with two coaches helping him. And uh, instead, he came back in later and kind of put it together and – uh, pretty impressive, pretty impressive uh, way to tough it out. Uh, Corday Sidnor con con continues to grow up before our eyes. He's looking great. Um, he 
he's an absolute behemoth man, and uh, he played a huge game. Nick Carraway uh, had had three tackles, played really well, and Trice I think played a better game today than he had the past few weeks. So anyway, Purdue wins thirty-one to twenty-four, and Purdue improves the six and four. Purdue becomes bull eligible. At the same time, if you care about stuff like this, IU was officially ruled out of a bull after their pretty good start. I think they started three and zero or something like that, or. One and uh, three and one. Regardless, if you care about Sundays like or Saturdays like that, that's a big deal. Um, and uh, Purdue will play Northwestern next week on Senior Day. They'll get to host Northwestern. Uh, similar situation with Illinois that that they'll have a lot to play for. And um, uh, we got to be fans of Minnesota. As if if Minnesota uh, beats a couple teams here down the stretch, then uh, Purdue can go to Indianapolis to play Ohio State or. Michigan, so that's a big deal. But like I said, Purdue improves six and four. Great, great Saturday. A lot of fun. Got a couple people on here live. My pal Handel Jones is on here. He says, Ski Uma next week, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, Got to become Minnesota fans for a little bit. That's good. Also, would it be amazingly ironic if we have to rely on Nebraska on Black Friday for a chance to Indy, for the Indy, Indy trip? Yeah, I mean, this is the problem of not handling your business, right? I mean, Purdue's got to uh, rely on other other teams to, to help them get the job done. The way I look at it, though, just win games. If you, if you win out, I said this a couple weeks ago, an eight-win season in the history of Purdue is a pretty special year. I think I, I know I said I, I thought they'd win nine. Winning eight, though, is a pretty big deal, and they still have a chance to win eight games and go to a bowl and possibly win a ninth. That hadn't happened a ton of times in my life, period, and I'm 47 years old. Happened last year, but it hasn't happened a ton of times. And so that's that's something to enjoy and something as fans to, to hang our hats on a little bit. And um, a lot of missed opportunities this year, this year but still, uh, a chance to win eight games is great. And Purdue has two games that they should be able to at least be able to do some things they want to do versus Northwestern and IU. If you don't watch, if you haven't watched Northwestern a lot, they play a very odd, high-paced offense. Um, so they're trying to get a lot of plays off. It can backfire on them pretty quickly. And if Purdue can simply <clears throat> do what they're supposed to do, execute well, uh, Purdue could do some damage on senior day. And then you've got IU who is struggling to find offensive identity because I think they're on their fourth quarterback this season. Um, and they've lost their best wide receiver, but they're going to be motivated. So no game's a gimme. I'm not saying that, but at the same time, I'm saying you're playing teams that this is the schedule you want at this point. Um, so T-Rex says, man, how can uh, they play like this against that team and against that defense and play so poorly against Iowa? I don't know. It's a mystery. I, I don't, this is that Jeff Brom thing. Uh, I don't know. And I think the games like this, like I always say, one of my favorite things as a fan is to have a pleasant surprise, right? Come into a game and you'll be like, I don't know about today. And then you'll leave the game feeling pretty high about it, you know? And um, today's one of those. I did not feel good about today's game. And yet uh, Purdue comes away from a victory with a victory. I kind of built up Illinois into something they clearly weren't. Um, yeah, they're not They're not the team that I thought they were, but, but they're fine. Um, and Burt's done a good job and... Man, uh, enjoy Bert. Oh, gosh, his health can't be good. My gosh, he's a big dude. Um, let's see. Uh, Ted Berkey says Iowa was more motivated as they had their backs against the wall and they didn't. Uh, they don't like Purdue for tampering with Jones and Tracy. And, and yeah, he uses the word tampering in quotes. And I think it's fair to say that in quotes. I don't. Um, I think 
in that case, right, Tracy was coming to Purdue, from the way I understand it, and he reached out. Tracy reached out to Jones and said, hey, you got to come here too with me. Um, but Tracy had pretty good connection to Purdue because from Indiana. Um, I think Jones is from Illinois, as we've seen over and over and over on TV. Jones and uh, O'Connell played Little League ball together. But, yeah, whatever. I, but you're correct. They, they, Iowa was very, very motivated. I said this from the beginning. I feared that team, and they played their best game. Wisconsin is just kryptonite, so what else are you going to do? Broxton Davis says uh, he's a veteran, but it appears that Payne learned from weeks one to three with the jarring, with a join, I think is what he mean, join, when things got chippy. He kept his composure. Uh, that wasn't the case against Syracuse, especially. And it wasn't the case against against Syracuse. But, man, I tell you what, and you guys, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you remember my opinion on that, that that was something that I was um, I was let down with the fact that Payne gets that flag period because if you look at the stuff they allow to happen in college football between plays, everything from guys locking up face masks to yelling at each other to taunting, Payne gets called. And the other guy is driving his face mask into into Payne's, uh, and Payne gets the the flag. I, I still to this day, it's, it, it, he should have had his composure. There's no doubt as a senior, but man, that that one frustrated the hell out of me. It still does weeks later. And that Syracuse loss, guys, girls, that Syracuse loss looks especially bad. They are getting pounded right now as I speak. It's ten o'clock on Saturday night. Syracuse looks really awful, and that looks to be Purdue's worst loss of the season. They gave that one away. Who knows what happens with the geometry of the season, right? The house of cards that is a, a football season when one game goes down and goes the other way. So if Purdue beats Syracuse, who knows what else happens? But that was a game they they, sh- they sh- didn't have business losing. They had it in their hands. So um, uh, Ted Berkey says uh, back-to-back eight-win regular seasons is special, and it would be special, and that would be a very big deal, and um, that's something to really cheer for. If you've got tickets next week, definitely – if it's cold, if it's rainy, who gives a damn? Go to the stadium and give the seniors uh, hats off. Aiden O'Connell deserves it. Payne Durham deserve it. Uh, I think Branson Dean is that group in that group. There's a ton of guys. Uh, and there's guys that I don't even know what their classification is right now that you probably won't see them again because they're either heading for the pros or whatever. Come support them. If you're like me, you love these these players and what they represent, and as they grow old, after they're seniors, after they play, and they come back, and they still have the goodwill, it's all part of the equation for me. I just, I love the fact that, um, and it's probably starry-eyed optimism or gold-colored glasses, but I still view these guys as people that went through a similar experience to me going to Purdue on campus. So I know their experience is a little different than me as a 5'4 guy who who never played sports there. Uh, Patrick Pence says, uh, what was the conflicting signal against Purdue about? Okay, so uh, that play was – it looked like there was the refs were going to call intentional grounding on uh, Danny DeVito's son. He's not Danny DeVito's son. On DeVito. Okay, they were, they, he threw the ball away after, you know, scrambling way backward. And come back, and I said, the refs are discussing something. And I said to my family, if there can be a way for this to backfire on Purdue, it's going to. Because we've seen it over and over and over. And sure enough, they come out of that, which looks like they're going to see either intentional grounding or it's not going to be grounding. Instead, they come back and they say delay of game on Purdue. And the reason they called it was the shift that Sidnor made before the snap, they said was not a football. There's, there's a rule that talks about before the snap, you can't do anything that's not a football move. Purdue had been running a shift, a, a four-man shift all, all game. Sidnor 
shifted hard to his left when he was right near the center. I don't think he was right over the center. And it caused some guys to move or it caused some distraction. And that's why the snap went over DeVito's head or shoulder because he jumped it. By the way, earlier in the game, Purdue did something that every team does. Again, that shift, when a four-team four shifts, you can shift sideways. That's within the rules. I've seen this for decades. I mean, I think it was the Dallas Cowboys used to do it back in the late 70s, early 80s. They became famous for this. But when you see that movement as an offensive lineman, sometimes guys will say, oh, they're coming forward. They're not coming forward. They're coming sideways. So the ref, I think, made a bad call. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. But that was the call they made on Sidnor. I, I believe it was Sidnor. And so they called delay of game on Purdue because it's something like distracting the center or it's almost like the idea of clapping or yelling or doing things that cause uh, the, the uh, count um, and the call by the quarterback to be distracted, distractible. And that's the call. And I think it was the wrong call. Ted Berkey says, I think we uh, messed with the snap count somehow. So that's it. That's, it wasn't they messed with the snap count. It was the movement. Um, uh, John Younger says, Jalen Graham deserves it. I must have been saying something when he said that. I don't know what he's talking about. So I apologize. Sorry, John. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, Broxton Davis, his, uh, his, the final question or comment. you have any thoughts on Brahms' play calling today? Sure. Uh, it was, it's, it's like it's been in most of the wins this season where there have been these long deserts of play calling where you're like, are they looking to just get off the field? Like completely uninventive, completely... Um, uh, vanilla, uh, the 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 trick plays that we all love, the gadget plays, whatever you want to call it, they're nowhere to be found. But I think a lot of the roots of Purdue's problems as an offense come down to not enough um, wide receivers getting involved, uh, not enough diversity in Purdue being able to spread the ball around, and Aiden O'Connell rushing when the pocket collapsed collapses he did a much better job today of waiting to make his throws and his reads and not panic the offensive line has been doing a great job i think generally keeping that pocket clean and secondly probably more importantly busting up holes for Maccabee to run through and Maccabee runs with such abandon he hits the hole so darn quickly that it changes the game a lot and i would say one thing that purdue did the the unusual motion like throwing the um the option in there um, it seemed like an, a weird move because O'Connell's not much of a threat to run, but it worked. So at times I'd say the play calling looked good or solid. At other times I was like, man, why, why does this happen where the play calling gets so boring and vanilla? And maybe I'm being overly critical. The big thing is at that end of the game when they really need to make plays and the, and the play calling need to be big, specifically going for it on fourth down, there was a gutsy, gutsy call. Um, and part of the reason he made that call, though, I think is because um, – uh, Finneran had, had missed a field goal earlier from, oh, I think it was outside 40. He had made a 25-yarder, but they, there's not a lot of confidence in the, in the kicker right now. Um, I think Finneran would say, I don't have a lot of confidence. He's not playing with the confidence he did this time last year, and he kind of needs to get, well, he absolutely needs to get that back. Uh, but Brom made that play call. That was a gutsy call, and Sheffield did exactly what he needed to do. So, uh, John Younger says, uh, coming to the game next weekend, uh, you reference se seniors. Yes, uh, Jalen Graham does deserve our support. I apologize for being brain dead there. Um, Jalen Graham deserves our support. I think he's in his fourth year. I think he could, if he wanted to, stay around a a as a COVID year, I believe. 
this stuff's so screwy to me. Uh, who's eligible, who's not for an extra year. Um, I think regardless, Jalen Graham, I was surprised he came back last year. I think Jalen Graham is a pro football player. He's, he's physically ready to go. Um, he's a great player, and I, I loved, I have loved seeing him as a Purdue player, as a safety, and as a linebacker. Um, and he does. He's one of those guys who deserves a, a, a tip of our cap again. So, come to Purdue if you don't have tickets yet. Go, go get them. I think there's a, there's a couple uh, thousand still left. Uh, so call uh, the ticket office and, and grab a ticket, or ask around, see if you can get one. Because uh, I don't want Purdue to look, I don't want, like, want Ross Aid to look like Illinois did today on TV. Honestly, I thought that was embarrassing again. So thanks again for tuning in. I'm at 24 minutes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a day. Really appreciate you tuning in live. Really appreciate you listening on tape. Um, and uh, Purdue is still alive. That's a, that's a darn good thing. So uh, have a great evening. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll see you.